Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kids Stories Podcast. I'm Phil Bechtel. Let's get into some shout-outs. Siblings Artie and Charlotte are big fans. They've recently shared some awesome drawings. Thanks so much for those, you two. I think if you two were characters in the show, you would be shape-shifting wizards who work together to defeat an army of robot laser-eyed land sharks. Thanks for listening, Artie and Charlotte. Marco and Elena Molina are also fans of the show. I think if you two were characters in the stories, you would be space wolves who travel the stars in your space wolf spaceships, eventually landing in the valley to help the ninjas on an epic quest. Thanks for listening, Marco and Elena. Today's story is titled Max and the Monkeys, Part 2. Again, for the 4,012th consecutive day, Max woke to the sound of shrieking monkeys. This morning's shrieking wasn't typical, though. It seemed more urgent. Like the time one of the monkeys got its head stuck in a wasp's nest and then started running around with it on its head, riling up a whole bunch of wasps and trailing them all over the treehouse. That was a bad morning. The monkey screeching now was like that time, and they were shaking Max and pulling on his clothes. Okay, okay, I'm up, I'm up, Max said, reluctantly getting out of bed well before he would have liked to. I hope you're not just waking me up to show me a cool rock you found like that one time. The monkeys pulled Max to the edge of their treehouse. He looked out over the jungle. Normally, a beautiful view. Only this morning, the view was ruined by the machines. Huge excavators, far down below on the ground, drove right through trees, knocking them down and ripping their roots apart like it was nothing. The machines were so close to their treehouse now that he could smell their black smoke. As he and the monkeys watched these machines in disbelief, their entire tree shook. Max ran to the other side of the tree and looked down to see an excavator slamming into the tree trunk. The leaves around them shook and the monkeys' shrieking intensified. Quiet! yelled Max. For a second he considered what to do. It was quickly and painfully obvious that they had to leave. He could not stop the machines, and it was only a matter of time before they toppled his tree just like they had so many others. Grab your stuff! We're heading into the city! Hurry! The monkeys rushed around, screeching and grabbing things, mostly just hats, because they loved wearing hats. Max grabbed his go-bag, tossing a few things in it before they all scrambled down and ran off for the city. As they ran past the excavators and among the destroyed jungle, Max could see that these machines were unmanned. No one was operating them. They were all just robots. The monkeys loved going to the city, and so they had calmed down a bit by the time they got there. As usual, Max went straight to Blackwell's laboratory. He burst in, not thinking to leave the monkeys outside. The six monkeys immediately jumped up on the tables and started handling all the things they weren't supposed to be touching. Barry snapped his head toward the door and called out, No monkeys! What, what, what do I always say? No! They tore down our tree! yelled Max. The monkeys stopped their shenanigans, a bit scared at Max's yelling. They sat on the laboratory tables, looking at Max and Barry, waiting. It, it's probably gone right now, said Max, near tears. J -j Just gone. The, the whole thing, all of it. Barry sighed. Ah, Max, I, 
I'm sorry, but I... Didn't you hear? You didn't know? Judging by the confused look on Max's face, the boy clearly had no idea what Professor Blackwell was talking about. It's Glaw. He... The man bought the planet. He bought the whole thing, and he's going to mine it all until it's all gone. I thought you would have heard. I gave you the data pad. Were you not listening to the news or anything? Asked Barry. Well, no. Me and the monkeys just take silly pictures of each other and play games and stuff, said Max. How do you even buy a planet? Well, it's much easier than you think, apparently, said Barry. He bought all the land from the landowners, from the government, and the people, and, and he's even paying everyone to leave, and finding them homes on other planets, said Barry. I'm relocating the lab to Midwan, over, over in the Beltway subsector. Max looked around and noticed Barry's lab was mostly boxed up, and Larry was filling the last of the boxes with tools and tech. Professor Barry Blackwell had known Max since he was a baby since he was found out in the jungle and raised in the city, until he was seven years old when he ran away to go back and live out in the jungle. Professor Blackwell was Max's best friend and the closest thing he had to a parent. You'll come live with me, Professor Barry said. But you can even bring your monkeys. I'll be leaving in a couple days. You'll like it on Midwan. There's lots of forest there, sure enough, and, and, and the new lab is right near a large forest called Elder Tree. In fact, you... Max couldn't take it anymore. He turned and left the lab, stumbled out the door and into the street. He saw now how the city had changed in just a few days. More ships than ever before were landing and taking off from the nearby spaceport. People pushed grav carts loaded with all their things to the ports. It was like the city was being taken apart and flown away. Max thought of a new life on Midwan. He thought about space travel with his monkeys. He was scared, and then he noticed the logo. Glaw. He saw it on a spaceship not far from where he was standing, and all around the ship were storage crates and robots chattering to each other with the logo stamped on them. G-L-A-W. Glaw. Atticus Glaw. The spaceship parked right there in the middle of the city looked like a headquarters. There were tables set up all around it with maps and survey papers and hologram projections of Flora Prime. The ship was wide open and robots were going in and out of it. The GLAW logo was stamped prominently on the outer hull of the ship near the open doorway. Max walked to the ship. He expected the robots to stop him, but he walked right up to the door, and it didn't seem like anyone even noticed. The bots were all so busy. Max's monkeys trailed behind him. They read Max's body language and began sneaking, keeping their chatter down to gentle, high-pitched grunts and squeaks. The metal floor of the ship was cold and hard, not something Max was used to. He had never been on a spaceship, and the blinking lights and constant beeping noises had his eyes darting in all directions. Robots passed him in the skinny hallways of the ship, continuing to ignore him and his monkeys. Max asked himself what he was doing on this ship, and the answer came to him immediately. To wreck it. I'm going to destroy this ship just like the Glaw robots destroyed my jungle, Max thought. But he didn't have any idea how. He didn't know how spaceships worked, and he certainly didn't know the best way to break one. 
so he figured he would wander through the ship until he found something important and then he'd smash it. Now that he had a purpose, Max moved faster through the halls and rooms. From the outside, the ship wasn't that large. It wouldn't take too long before Max checked out every room there was. So eventually, near the rear of the ship, Max stood before the glowing bay of bright stone batteries. Polished chunks of bright stone rested in clear tubes, probably twenty tubes altogether, set into an energy converter. This device was powering the entire ship. And while Max didn't know exactly how the contraption worked, he knew that whenever Brightstone was overcharged with too much energy, the result was always an incredible explosion. Max worked at the data screens to figure out a way to increase the energy flow to the Brightstone tubes when a deep voice rumbled behind him. Can I help you? Max spun and froze. Before him stood a tall, dark figure, wearing old-fashioned clothes. A black suit, not spacer gear like most miners wore. Uh, I got lost, Max sputtered. Clearly. Perhaps you and your monkeys could follow me out then, the man said. Max hesitated. He had gotten this far, and he'd already lost his home. He had little left to lose, and this made him a little braver. Are you Glaw? Max asked. The man raised an eyebrow. I am. Atticus Glaw, and you're on my ship. Follow me out, or I will drag you out. The man turned and began walking back out the ship. Max followed, and the monkeys followed Max, too creeped out from Glaw's evil vibe to utter a sound. Max wondered with all these robots if Glaw was working alone. Did he just have an army of mining robots to take planets apart and sell their parts to the highest bidder? Max's heart raced. He was angrier now than ever before. The man responsible for the destruction of his entire planet was right in front of him. Max had been foiled in trying to blow up his spaceship. And so what if he did blow up the spaceship? Glaw would probably just buy another one. Max breathed heavily and tears welled up in his eyes. He couldn't just leave the ship and walk away to go live with Professor Blackwell on some other planet that Glaw would probably just come and tear apart later? They reached the exit of the ship and Glaw was stepping through the doorway out into the city. Max made an angry and rash decision. He ran forward a few steps and slammed his shoulder into Glaw's lower back. Glaw was a full-grown man, a big one at that, and Max was just a kid. But being shoved hard from behind without warning would knock most people to the ground. Glaw flew out of the spaceship. His hands flailed wildly, trying to grab the handrails of the steps leading into the ship. His tall body awkwardly stumbled all the way to the bottom of the steps. Max tapped the control panel of the door and it slid shut in front of him. Max and the monkeys were inside the ship, and Glaw was on the ground outside. So now what? Max thought to himself. Glaw's just going to come back in the ship and get me. The monkeys were going wild now, screeching and jumping all over. I know, I know, yelled Max. I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know. Max tapped at the control panel, trying to figure out how to lock the door. And then, realizing it wouldn't matter, Glaw would be able to get back into his own ship. He had to have a key or know the code or something. So Max punched the control panel as hard as he could, and it sparked and smoked, and the screen went black. 
Ow, Max said, rubbing his knuckles. The lights that normally blinked and glowed on the door itself faded to black. Before Max could make another move, a loud pounding sounded on the other side of the door. Glaw. He was yelling and slamming his fists on the outer hull of the ship, threatening Max and his monkeys with jail, and worse, if he didn't open the door right away. One monkey climbed up Max's side and screeched at him. Hee-hee! I know we're locked in a spaceship, but I don't see you doing anything about it, Max said. The monkey screeched some more and pulled Max's shirt. Max went that direction, following the other shrieking monkeys to the bridge of the ship. You think I'm going to pilot this ship? Max asked. Are you crazy? I I've never even driven a horse before, and you want me to fly a spaceship? Two of the other monkeys leaped up to the control panels and tapped buttons and swiped at computer screens as they had seen other people do with data pads. One of the monkeys pulled Max's data pad out of his bag and opened an app. It was called Star Defender, and it was a game Max liked to play in which the player pilots a spaceship and fights off enemies. Max noticed that the spaceship control panels in Star Defender looked a lot like the ones here on the bridge of his ship. Maybe I can fly this ship. Max said to himself. The ship rocked now. Max rushed to a little window and saw Glaw ordering his robots to try and get into the ship. Those bots probably had torches and welders, and if Glaw had no problem tearing apart an entire planet to get at its natural resources, then he'd certainly have no problem tearing open his own ship to get at Max and the monkeys. So Max made another decision fueled by anger and panic. He treated the bridge of Glaw's ship just like it was a ship from his games and he powered it up. Okay, okay, this button should prime the thrusters. This one should activate the air seals. This should stabilize us for takeoff. The monkeys were all taking up positions at different screens and seats around the bridge, excited to be a part of the action. Max then looked up to the front of the bridge where the activation screen was flashing with a large red rectangle. The entire ship was loud now with engine sounds, and the power of the ship's thrusters was blowing up so much dust outside. The monkey sitting up at the front control panel, a monkey named Leo, sat at the chair with his finger hovering just above the flashing red rectangle that said, Launch. Max nodded at Leo. Hit it, Leo, Max ordered. Leo tapped the screen and the ship trembled and lifted up into the air. The monkeys went wild leaping around and screeching in celebration. The ship was up and out of the atmosphere in minutes, and Max looked out at the expanse of space before them, and he had no idea what to do next. The End Thanks for listening, friends. The website is kidstoriespodcast.com. Send all your drawings and things to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Adios.